Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the This Week in History show that we do right here with the Scumbags of Wrestling. We are part of the Ontario Independent Podcasting Network here in Ontario and the Johnners Podcasting Network in the UK. Well, I thank you for joining us this Thursday afternoon at 12. We are your lunchtime escape back into the annals of time and the great rich history of our sport. Thank you for watching on YouTube and Facebook, and of course, catching us anywhere you get your podcast from on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else. We are available on at least 10 different locations, and want to remind you to stop by our store over at Pro Wrestling Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Scumbags Wrestling, and we have those four designs that you see uh, below and one, obviously, every time you buy the Ontario Indie uh, Support uh, T-shirt, you're supporting uh, Stevens Wrestling Journey. So, well, thank you for doing that. And we're raising uh, funds and look for the hashtag uh, Stevens Hearts. Yeah, Stevens Hearts for Kiari, and that uh, will link you up with the Children's uh, Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. So, I got a lot of that out of the way. We have a lot of history go, uh, to look at, some anniversaries, a couple of King of the Rings, uh, Great American Bashes, a lot of uh, things going on. And the guy who puts this together in Niagara Falls is Jonesy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, so we're looking at the week of, uh, what is it, June 18th to the 24th? Yes, we are. We look back at history, and you know what? I have an old labyrinth movie poster here. Look at that bad boy. This is colorful. So yeah, if you're ready to go, we can start diving in. I am. I'm just gonna switch you over to the other screen, and there we go. So June 18th, 53 years ago in Texas, Tory Funk Jr. and Terry Funk defeated Carl and Kurt Von Brauner to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. 26 years ago, WCW presented the Great American Bash from Dayton, Ohio. Some of the matches, uh, we saw the Renegade defeat Arden Anderson to win the WCW World Television Champion. I'm telling you, way to go, Arden, taking that one for the team. Sting uh, defeated Ming to win the vacant WCW United States Championship. And the main event saw Ric Flair defeating Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, Aaron Anderson is definitely one of those unsung heroes. And I think uh, we did do a Fantasy Warfare tournament one time. I'm not sure if it was uh, the original format uh, when we were doing it with Chris Maloney or when we uh, Mm -hmm. were doing it. It was TV title. And, of course, Aaron Anderson came out on top of uh, that tournament because of how much he gave back but also represented that title so well and uh it's great that he's working with aew and cody and uh helping the next generation and his son brock anderson uh just started uh, wrestling uh recently it was uh, teaming with cody on the last edition of uh dynamite this past friday nice a lot of uh sons of wrestlers coming up now I've seen uh, Rick Steiner's uh, boy there. Wow, does he look like his father? Yeah, and he just got signed with WD. Yes, yes, he did. 
16 years ago on Raw is War from Tampa, Florida, the man that was stalking The Undertaker's wife the last few weeks, well, it turned out to be DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, no! Uh, DDP had a different debut plan in mind. He wanted to do the who's the real, real people's champion angle of The Rock, but we got stuck with stalker DDP. Yeah, it just didn't uh, make sense. I think if they wanted to do... Uh, DDP and Undertaker, they could have found a different way of doing it, obviously, uh, along the uh, way. But, yeah, I agree. His first feud, uh, People's Champion versus People's Champion, would have been uh, good. And they really never explained why he was stalking Sarah. <laughs> like, they didn't say he, him and Kimberly broke up or anything, which eventually they did break up. But, you know, that didn't explain anything why he was going after Undertaker. I figured DDP was just trying to break into Undertaker's house to steal her diamonds. Maybe. Maybe he was back on hard times, you know. So, oh, yeah, El Canuck. So, 17 years ago, in Mexico City, Mexico, Dr. Wagner Jr. defeated El Canuck to win the uh, UWA World Heavyweight Championship. Dr. Wagner would be the last UWF champ as the belt was deactivated in 2011. Wagner held it for 2,667 days. And it's probably El Kanek, not Canuck. I'm just yeah, Kanek. So Kanek. There you okay. go. He's coming up later in the show, too. Who, Canuck? Kanek. Kanek. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, once we connect the dots, 16 years ago, Ring of Honor presented Death Before Dishonor 3 from uh, Morristown, New Jersey. The event was CM Punk's build final match with the company before heading to WWE. CM Punk defeated Austin Aries to win the ROH World Championship. After the match, Punk would get on the pipe bomb and blow some shit up. He'd sign the WWE contract on the ROH World title, ripped into ROH, told a story about a snake and an old man, and it is a great spot by CM Punk. Yeah, I actually watched uh, some of that on uh, Fight Network. Uh, he had signed with uh, Ring of Honor months before but uh they made a, a deal to let him finish out his time there and just run a storyline it was pretty good to uh watch yep it was 15 years ago tna presented slammiversary from the impact zone a debuting jim Cornette would serve as tna's on-screen authority figure uh, the uh, Some of the matches, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels defeated America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Small Joe defeated Scott Steiner, and the main event, Jeff Jarrett defeated Christian Cage, Abyss, Ron Killings, and Stink in a King of the Ring Mountain match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And I don't have anything against Sting, I just like saying Stink. 19 years ago, Triple A presented uh, Triple Mania 14 from Mexico. Charlie Manson uh, defeated El Zorro in a last man standing steel cage match to win the Mexican National Heavyweight Championship. With the lost, El Zorro also lost his hair. La Parca defeated Moretti uh, Cybernetica in a mask versus mask match. Uh, Cybernetica was unmasked and was revealed to be Ricky Banderas. 
<gasps> I know Ricky Banderas. Oh, man, not him. Nine years ago on Raw from Uniondale, New York, Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter made their first appearance in a WWE ring since 1985. Piper would be there to give Lauper a framed gold record and replace the one he broke on Captain Lou's head. Cindy would take that record and break it over Heath Slater's head. Yeah, I'm kind of actually surprised. They did this uh, with a uh, uh, that whole show, and uh, Heath Slater was going after Legends and all this other stuff at that time. But surprisingly enough, Cindy Lauper is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. I don't get it. Unless they're waiting for a certain, maybe a, for a certain anniversary or something, maybe the fortieth anniversary of WrestleMania. That's when she'll go in or something, yeah, perhaps. Because I mean, it does seem odd that she's not there, considering how uh, intricate she was to the Rock and Wrestling connection, yeah, and the mainstream with MTV and uh, how she had Captain Lou and all the other uh, wrestlers, especially in uh, the. Uh, Unis are good enough uh, video that was two parts. They she had yeah. Piper. Maybe she's asking for money. Maybe yeah. she's asking for too much money. Maybe or she just can't right now because of contract. Who knows? But yeah, it is kind of one of those things where uh, if anyone could go in, it'd be it'd be her. But it's, it's all about timing. Uh, uh, sometimes, unfortunately, and. It would have also been the 75th birthday of Frank Donald Goodish, a.k.a. Bruiser Brody. Uh, born in Detroit, Michigan, Goodish was an all-state football and basketball player. Uh, he played football at West Texas A&M and for the Nash, uh, NFL's Washington Redskins before transitioning to wrestling. And you can also see um, he was also the inventor of the man ponytail or pigtail, sorry. Um, he would wrestle all over the world, won the NWA International Heavyweight Championship three times, and was a PWF Tag Team Champion with Stan Hansen for All Japan Pro Wrestling. His wrestling style was that of a brawler, early signs of hardcore wrestling, but unfortunately, some asshole, uh, Jose Gonzalez, and a.k.a. Invader One, had a confrontation that left Brody stabbed twice. Uh, Brody would die the next day from excessive blood loss. A senseless loss, but there's a lot of guys who've emulated uh, Brody, including obviously Brody Lee, uh, who just passed away, and there's John Nord uh, when he was uh, doing his thing, including the uh, yeah, as you said, um, the Berserker. A lot of people were influenced by uh, Brody. All right, now after that, sad and this. June 19th, 73 years ago, the National Wrestling Alliance was formed. Midwest promoter Paul Pinky George joined uh, five other regional performers, including the first ever NWA world champion, Orville Brown. This would create a superpower in wrestling that would have one undisputed world champion in an official body for pro wrestling through talent and brain name, franchising, and a tutorial system. Uh, though not as mighty as it once was, the NWA still operates to this day. Yeah, and that's owned by uh, good old uh, uh, Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. SWS was founded in April of 1990. I'm just 
Oh yeah, okay. I'm just trying to think. That doesn't make. Uh, I'm just gonna continue because that's for an event. I don't know. Oh, there it is. I see. 29 years ago today, Super World of Sports presented its final show from Nagasaki. Oh my God, that's a, wow. I know that one, but can you pronounce that one? Uh, no, not offhand. Okay, so uh, Nagasaki. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Japan. SWS was founded in April 1990 by ex-All Japan Pro Wrestling star Generico Tenru and eyeglass maker Megne Super. SWS would throw big money around at All Japan and New Japan talent. Had a working agreement with the WWF to produce super shows and trade talent. Hence Tenru and Kato. Kitao? Kitao? Kato? I don't know. Kitao. Katow, there you go, at WrestleMania 6 against Demolition. Uh, they would also have deals with Japanese indie promotions. But the Japanese asset price bubble burst in 92, and Megne Super would uh, withdraw its support. SWS would eventually shut down. Tenru would start another promotion, Wrestle and Romance, later Wrestling um, Association, R, or W-A-R, uh, that would shut down in 2000. Uh, that event uh, saw as the main event uh, Ashura Hara and Genru, uh, Generico Tenru and Ultimo Dragon defeated Jerry Estrada, King Haku, and the Great Kabuki. 27 years ago, WWF presented King of the Ring. This event had Pro uh, Football Hall of Famer Art Donovan, who annoyed fellow commentator Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, that Gorilla ignored him by the end of the broadcast. Uh, this was the first pay-per-view of the new generation, which had, over, which had two 40-year-olds in the singles main event match, which was Piper and Jerry Lawler. Uh, the King of the Ring semifinals had Razor Ramon defeating IRS, Owen Hart defeated the one, two, three kid. And in the King of the Ring finals, Owen Hart got himself as King of the Ring by beating Razor Ramon to win the tournament. And the main event was Rowdy Piper defeating Jerry Lawler. And I'm not sure if that was a kiss my foot match, but uh, there was a kid with him. I believe that they repeated the whole bubblegum line or whatever, if I remember. In fact, we've seen this, I believe, um, at your house. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing that. And in fact, I think this uh, is one of the first pay per views we really ordered. Yeah, probably. And then, yeah, for whatever reason, uh, Lawler and Piper didn't have that great of chemistry, so it was not a really good fight. Uh, the Kiss My Foot match wasn't until I believe, uh, what was it 95 with uh, Brett and oh. uh. Yeah, Brett and uh, Lawler, because that led to uh, Isaac Yankum DDS coming uh, in time for SummerSlam '95. I I I liked it. Uh, the match, not so much. No offense to Lawler, but mo a lot of his matches aren't that exciting. Anyways, it's more him on the microphone. Everything leading up to it, I thought they were pretty good. The match itself, yeah, you know, it's a bit yeah. of a fart. But what are you gonna do? Okay, so I believe I'm at the Dudley Boys now. There we go. Yeah. 20 years ago at a SmackDown taping, the Dudley Boys defeated Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. 19 years ago, NWA presented the first ever total nonstop action show from Huntsville, Alabama. 
from the minds of Jerry Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, and Bob Ryder, uh, they created TNA and would air their shows on pay-per-view during a time where only WWF were on broadcast television. Uh, this pay-per-view had a small hiccup after the first match. 450-pound checks would break one of the ring ropes, and it would take an hour to uh, repair. So they threw on the non-wrestling segments that included a concert by Toby Keith, uh, which, of course, Jarrett interrupted, but Toby would get his revenge in the main event. Then the second-ever TNA Weekly pay-per-view was also taped on that night, and the show would air one week later and introduce the X Division. Yeah, Moving on. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Actually, if you happen to uh, get a chance to listen to uh, my was it my life or my story with uh, my sorry, correction, my world, which is Jeff Jarrett's uh, podcast with uh, Connor Thompson, mm -hmm. it drops I believe uh, Tuesdays. Uh, they actually did a three-part build-up of how TNA became. TNA with even the uh, issues between Jeff and Jerry Jarrett with the different financial issues, uh, trying to get into it. Uh, Vince Russo being in there. There's a lot of behind the scenes digging just to get to their first uh, show. And <laughs> just, it's a really good uh, podcast to listen to uh, all of it. I do listen to it on fast forward because they do go uh, a couple hours with each part, but if you're listening at like 2.5 speed, you're still able to listen to it. And uh, it's uh, whoa, whoa hold on there. Is this is this something new that I don't know about? You you listen to like people listen to podcasts at twice the speed, so they sound like chipmunks. They don't totally sound like chipmunks, no. But it does sound different when you put it at normal speed, and you're like, "Oh, that's what Conrad sounds like." But no, oh, um, I see. Okay, you can okay. get through podcasts a little bit quicker uh, okay. just by listening to that. Yeah, I guess um, you get used to it. Yeah, you get used to it, and uh, uh, fine. But yeah, there's three uh, episodes of uh, My World with Jeff Jarrett just to get to this opening night and how they connected with the NWA and eventually getting uh, Ken Shamrock as their first champion. There's the unfortunate thing with the Johnsons and uh, Mortimer up there. Uh, yeah, just and the relationship he had with Toby Keith and stuff like that. Good listen. Cool. I highly recommend it. Carry on to Slammiversary. All right. No problem. Thanks for that story. 16 years ago, TNA presented Slammiversary from the Impact Zone, of course, at Universal Orlando, in case you forgot. Samoa Joe defeated Sanjay Dutt. This was Samoa Joe's TNA debut. And uh, the main event was Raven defeating AJ Styles, Abyss, Monty Brown, and Sean Waltman in a King of the Mountain match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 15 years ago, added TNA Impact in Orlando, Florida. Senshi defeated Samoa Joe and Sanjay Dutt in a three-way elimination match to win the TNA X Division Championship. Before searching this, I did not know Senshi was low-key. Oh, the guy there you go. Won, uh, season two of uh, NXT. Cool. 14 years ago at a TNA... Impact taping, Samoa Joe defeated Jay Lethal to win the TNX, uh, TNA X Division Championship. Uh, 
yeah, there we go. 12 years ago, Candice Michelle and Sim Snuka are both released from WWE. Sim Snuka is the guy that missed catching Undertaker's dive at WrestleMania 25. What a deuce. I mean, douche. Uh, five year, uh, five months later, Sim would retire from wrestling in 2017. Yeah, I actually did like their team of Deuce and Domino, and well, you can't get wrong with uh, the, at least the visual of Candice Michelle. Uh, her in-ring skills uh, have a lot, a lot to be desired, but she did uh, somehow get handed the uh, women's championship a few times over. So uh, that guy right there is is uh, the Deuce guy. Yep, Sim Snooker. Wow, you know, he kind of, because at first I'm like, he kind of looks like, um, oh man, Chuck Palumbo. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit, because I'm like, eh? okay. Ten years ago, WWE presented Capital Punishment. Dolph Ziggler defeated Kofi Kingston by knockout to win the WWE United States Championship. Ezekiel Jackson defeated Wade Barrett to win the WWE Intercontinental Belt. And John Zena defeated R-Truth to retain the WWE Championship. Eight years ago at an NXT taping, Adrian Neville and Corey Graves defeated Eric Rowan and Luke Harper to win the NXT Tag Team Championship. Seven years ago at a TNA Impact taping in, uh, oh, it's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Bobby Lashley defeated Eric Young to win the TNA uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Young already defended the title earlier in the night, was beat down after the match until a returning Bobby Roode made the save. Six years ago, Ring of Honor presented Best in the World 2015 from Terminal 5 in New York City. The main event saw Jay Lethal defeating Jay Briscoe in a title-for-title title match to retain the ROH World Television Championship and won the ROH World Championship. Five years ago, WWE presented Money in the Bank from Las Vegas, Nevada. Dean Ambrose won the Money in the Bank ladder match. Seth Rollins defeated Roman Reigns to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Post-match, Dean Ambrose cast in his Money in the Bank briefcase and wins the world belt in just eight seconds. Yeah, I've always liked uh, a what? little bit of the Money in the Bank uh, thing. It's kind of, with it being moved to June, has replaced the King of the Ring. Like Even on Raw, they had uh, five qualifying matches for uh, getting into uh, Money in the Bank. So it's almost like how they had qualifying matches to get into the King of the Ring. And instead of doing a tournament format, they're just taking all the participants and going, ah, here you go, yeah, all in one match. And the winner gets, instead of the crown, they get a briefcase and they get a title shot at any time, as opposed to at one point the King of the Ring meant you got a title shot, but then it didn't. It was wishy-washy. At least this one is a guaranteed title shot somewhere. Yeah, like why don't they why don't they use a cage in one of these matches? Honestly, I, I just wonder why don't they use a freaking cage in one of these? For a money in the bank? Absolutely. We have to be a very tall cage. Uh, you could actually use the cage that they use for their um, uh, Hell in the Cell, which I did watch the ladies' match. Uh, though it was a decent match, I, I, I got to say, the Hell in the Cell match 
is tired. It's so tired because really they don't use much of the cage. And I think that thing is a big, huge obstruction now. It really looks ridiculous how tall it is. It doesn't need to be that tall. I know why they made it that tall originally, I think, in the end, is so that fans could see through it easier than looking down through a whole bunch of it. But it's just... Bigger jumps for uh, Shane to do. Yes, yes. And the fact you can see that they've cut holes in it so they can climb up it, it's just kind of a little... You know, too illusiony for me. Too too magic-y looking now. Too TV. And I hate the red. Oh, the red is awful. Just paint it blue. Uh, the founder of the original ECW owner, Todd Gordon, is 66 years old. He currently owns the Philadelphia pawnbroker shop, uh, Carvel... Sorry, Carver W. Reed. He is the past president of the Pennsylvania State Pawnbrokers Association. <coughs> I wonder how cool it would be to go in there and uh, pawn something that has ECW on it when he owned it at his pawn shop. That would be fun. It's a happy 69th birthday to Philippe Estrada, a.k.a. Al Canuck, or Canuck. A former 15-time UWA world champ, he beat Lou Thez once for that. He often wrestled in New Japan in a talent exchange, which would pave the way for other talent exchanges. A former AAA Ray DeRay's tournament winner, as of 2020, he was still active in the ring. Moving on to June 20th. 28 years ago, WCW presented Beach Blast from Mobile, Alabama. WCW started its no moves from the top ropes rule. Uh, Fans didn't like it, and neither did the high-flying wrestlers. Scotty Flip. Oh. Pardon me, burp. Scotty Flamingo defeated Brian Pillman to win the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship. Missy Hyatt defeated Medusa in a bikini contest by using Jesse Ventura's scarves because she couldn't find her bikini. The Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, fought the Miracle Violence Connection, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams, to a 30-minute time limit draw to retain the WCW World Tag Team belts. Yeah, I, I really, I really like w, uh, WCW's um, backdrops and everything. They always did a pretty good job on that stuff. Yeah, Bastard Beach wasn't bad, but yeah, with that miracle, uh, violent connection, uh, that going to thirty-minute draw, that's uh, one of those BS type deals where, you know, just because you work in Japan doesn't mean you can't lose somewhere else. But yeah. a lot of guys like them, Vader and all them did not want to lose when they were working for a North American company, feeling that it was going to devalue their worth Uh, in Japan. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't think of that. 21 years ago, WWF taped the 100th episode of Saturday Night Heat from Memphis, Tennessee. After Heat was a taping of SmackDown, where Rikishi defeated Chris Benoit to win the WWF IC belt. And there he is. 17 years ago, Triple A presented Triple Mania 12 from Mexico. Uh, Mr. Aguilar uh, pinned El Zorro to win the UWA World Lightweight uh, Heavyweight Championship. Charlie Manson uh, pinned Electroshock in a retirement match. After the match, Lady Apache, who was the wife of Electroshock, offered her hair up so her husband didn't have to retire. Manson agreed. 
electroshock also shaved his own hair in sympathy with his wife's sacrifice. Isn't that sweet? That's really sweet. That's so romantic. Yeah. I don't know if Macho Man would have ever have done that for uh, Elizabeth, or Elizabeth would have done that for Macho. I don't know. Anyways, Leparka defeated Sebenetico in a mask versus mask match. 16 years ago on Raw from Phoenix, Arizona, Carlito defeated Shelton Benjamin to win the WWE IC belt. And um, plus, it was the wedding of Edge and Lido, which, of course, went sour when Kane uh, tombstoned the priest. Kane came through the ring. Uh, the reaction from the priest is amazing. Uh, if you go back and watch that. And, of course, Lita's dress. Yeah. It, it didn't really have much to it for her wedding dress. There was more material, I think, in her veil than in the wedding dress because even the uh, neckline went well below her navel line. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, th I think that I if I was the designer, I would have rather seen the big cut in the back of the dress where you could see her, of course, her, um, uh, her thong. I thought that would have been little, you know, sure. You know, I love boobs. I'm a boob man, but, uh, you know, we've, you've seen her boobs more than enough and it's wedding. Like, come on. Ah, oh, I'm glad that that wedding didn't happen. 11 years ago, WWE presented fatal four way. The show ended a half hour earlier, angering some fans. Uh, Alicia Fox defeated Eve, Gail Kim, and Maurice in a fatal four-way match to win the WWE Divas Championship. Rey Mysterio defeated Jack Swagger, Big Show, and CM Punk in a fatal uh, four-way match to win the World Heavyweight Championship. And Sheamus defeated John Cena, Edge, and Randy Orton in a fatal four-way match to win the WWE Championship. Personally, I wouldn't be really that mad if the event ends a little earlier than you expect, as long as it's a good show. Was that a good show? It wasn't bad. Uh, just, I don't know uh, if every match needed to be fatal four ways, but at the same time, we're getting, as you mentioned uh, just a little bit ago, uh, watching uh, um, Hell Cell the other night, getting two Hell in Cell matches. You had one on... Uh, uh, SmackDown, there's one on Raw, like they're just overusing it. And then, uh, when you get uh, Elimination Chamber, there's two of them. When you get Money in the Bank, there's two of them. Yeah, uh, I think certain uh, matches, maybe Elimination Chamber and Money in the Bank, need to be tent pole uh, things, but things like uh. Fatal Four Ways, not put into a, their own pay-per-view, and definitely not Hell in a Cell because it took away from the specialness of this should be for a uh, feud climax. But which would you rather see? A cage match or a Hell in a Cell match? Personally, I'd rather see a cage match. They're not much different anymore. Yeah. Um, let's see. And I think with the cage match, you can do more really when you, as far as making more sense, um, where the hell in the cell, there's only so many times you can send the guy guys up to the roof. I mean, yeah. So moving on, I believe, uh, Kelly 10 years Kelly. ago, sorry, Kelly, Kelly. Am I? Oh, I'm. Uh, I'm done that. Right, we're on Raw now. So, ten years ago on Raw from Baltimore, Maryland, Kelly Kelly defeated Brie Bella to win the WWE Divas Championship. 
On the same show, CM Punk, who had just won a number one contender match moments before, announces that his contract with WWE ends at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view next month, and he intends to leave as WWE champion. Eight years ago at an Impact taping, Suicide defeated Chris Sabin and Kenny King in a three-way match to win the TNA X Division Championship. Later in the night for Impact uh, taping number two, uh, Suicide revealed himself to be Austin Aries. He would cash in his new title for a shot at the belt at Destination X. That's a really good mask. I like that. Seven years ago, at an Impact taping, Gail Kim defeated Angelina Love to win the TNA Knockouts Championship. Okay. It's a happy 35th birthday for Jessica Cricks, a.k.a. former TNA Knockouts Champion and a WSU Women Superstar Uncensored Triple Crown Champion, Jessica Havoc. Oh my, I just looked at that picture. Uh, she a lot of stuff going on there. She also com um, she uh, also competed for Combat Zone Wrestling, Shine Wrestling, Shimmer, and Full Pack Impact Pro. Cricks made headlines in June of 2015 when some viewed as a racist tweet surfaced during her WWE tryout. Cricks has apologized. Uh, Cricks has appeared for ROH and uh, Japanese Yoshi promotion. Uh, Wonder World Wonder Ring Stardom. Their names down there are hilarious. It's a f happy 43rd to Quentin Rampage Jackson. Though he's often known as Quentin Rampage Jackson, uh, Rampage uh, would do a crossover promotion event with TNA and Bellator in 2013. It's a happy 64th birthday for James Ware, a.k.a. Coco Beware. Did you know he is the first in the WWF to be perfect-plexed, tombstoned by Taker, and first Raw match losing to Yoko? Kind of a fun hat trick there for him. And in April of 2009, Coco was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame by the Honky Tonk Man. And he got the lead track on the Piledriver Wrestling 2 album. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, all right, so June 21st, and there is the American Dream. 40 years ago in Atlanta, Dusty Rhodes defeated Harley Race to become the two-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, this would be the longest reign of his three reigns at 88 days. If you will. Yeah, if you read. 22 years ago at a WCW Saturday Night Taping, Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck defeated Harlem Heat, Booker T, and Stevie Ray to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. Interestingly about this match is the Nasty Boys were actually the champions at the time of this taping. The Harlem Heat's title win hadn't aired nationwide until after this taping. This isn't the first time a tag belt was lost before it was actually won in WCW. It happened at Wrestle War 91. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, a time before internet was able to spoil things and uh, people were posting up results. Uh, you didn't have to worry about that so much. And then you see this picture and you got uh, Bunkhouse Buck, a.k.a. Terry Golden, who uh, would eventually become Jack Swagger's father in WWE. Hmm. His hmm. daddy was Bunkhouse Buck. I did not know that. Cool. 
Um, we're going on to 12 years ago. TNA presented Slammiversary uh, from the Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit, Michigan, which they recently, I believe, tore down about maybe a year ago now. Maybe not yeah. that long, but anyways. Uh, the show featured two King of the Mountain matches for the first time. Suicide defeated Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, Consequences Creed, and Jay Lethal in a King of the Mountain match to retain the TNA X Division Championship. Beer Money uh, defeated Team 3D to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. And Kurt Angle defeated Mick Foley, AJ Styles, Jeff Jarrett, and Samoa Joe in the King of the Mountain match to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. And you can go back one, two. Sure. Tough enough. Tough enough. I missed tough enough. Oh, there we go. I don't know how I did that. Oh, my. Uh, 20 years ago, WWF presented the first ever episode of Tough Enough on MTV. Uh, this wrestling reality show showcased 13 men and women undergoing wrestling training and helped open the door for not only the wrestlers, but the fans who got to see how tough the competition can be. Uh, I personally think this was one of the best reality shows on at the time. Uh, it was real. It was... It wasn't like a, you didn't feel like it was a staged one, like Survivor and all them. They do practice runs of all of those events before the actual people come down. So you don't always see on those shows the actual real people. You just seen the practice people so they can get better camera action. This was, this is them. So that, yeah. I, you know, I really liked the, this type of reality show. It was, it was good. I was going to try and look and see where they are now and didn't get an opportunity to do so before here. But uh, the three that stood out from this group that did anything was obviously Maven because he ended up winning. Chris Nowinski, he was there briefly, uh, but yeah. he ended up getting concussion. And he's one of the main guys uh, back working with, I think, Harvard, where he graduated from. But he's a main guy looking into things like CTE, where... We eventually find out about Chris Benoit and a bunch of different football players and their uh, issues with concussions and CTE. Uh, so Chris Nowinski uh, didn't make it in the wrestling business because of injury, but he has found a way of helping it uh, beyond that. And, of course, down in the bottom in the uh, orange uh, shirt with the white sleeves is Josh Matthews, who didn't really make it to in the wrestling world as a wrestler, but did uh, transition really well into being a commentator, and he's the lead guy, basically the Michael Cole of uh, Impact Wrestling. Yeah, he, he, I, I do enjoy his commentating. And he married uh, uh, one of the beautiful people. Uh, what's her name? Well, I'm drawing a blank. But him and his wife were actually doing commenting for uh, uh, Impact together for a little yep. while. Cool. I believe we're now on to New Japan Pro from seven yep. years ago. There we go. Perfect. Presenting Dominion 6.21 from Osaka, Japan. Uh, we saw the Time Splitters, Alex Shelley and Kashida, uh, defeat the Young Bucks, Mac Jackson and Nick Jackson, to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. And Bad Luck Failed defeated Shinsuke Nakamura to win the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Moving on to June 22nd, 41 years ago, 
In Greensboro, North Carolina, Ray Stevens and Jimmy Snuka defeated Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. 25 years ago, ECW uh, presented Hardcore Heaven 96 from Philly. This show is remembered best for the ring collapse during the show's semi-main event of Tommy Dreamer and Brian Lee. Lee uh, then would choke Sam Dreamer through multiple tables from the eagle's nest. Then while the ring was being repaired for an hour, uh, Kimona Wanali performed a strip tease for the crowd. Then in the main event, one of the ring ropes snaps during the main event. So they had some ring troubles, but... Uh, of course, Kim Kimona Wanalea fixed everything. Uh, some of the matches on that, Chris Jericho defeated Pitbull 2 to win the ECW World TV belt. And uh, Tommy Dreamer defeated Brian Lee in a weapons match. And I believe the main event was Sabu defeating Rob Van Dam. 11 years ago, Donald Trump sells back Monday Night Raw to Vince McMahon just one week after buying it. Due to the WWE stock taking a hit because some viewed the switch in ownership to be legit, uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission had some uh, issues with it. Uh, the Don would issue a statement at Austin Strabble Airport in Greeby announcing a ticket refund to all those attending Raw. What a nice guy. See, he's a nice guy. Very nice. Misunderstood. <clears throat> yeah, simply, simply misunderstood. Ten years ago, Martha Hart, the widow of the late Owen Hart, announces she is suing WWE for the company using his likeliness and name for marketing purposes. The lawsuit was settled in April 2013, with Martha receiving 80000 in royalties. There we go. Seven years ago, Ring of Honor presented Best in the World from Nashville, Tennessee. The main event saw Michael Elgin defeat Adam Cole to win the ROH World Championship. And holy crap, that's a lot of that's a lot streamers. of um, streamers. Six years ago, William Fritz Elz Ed Enzor, aka Nature Boy Buddy Landell, was found dead in his home in Chihowie, Chihowie, there we go, Virginia. He was 53. He was born August 14th, 1961 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Landell got into pro wrestling when the sister was dating Barry Orton. Uh, he would be trained by Boris Malenko. Landell started out in 79 for Bill Watts Mid-South Wrestling. He would gain traction in 85 for Jim Crockett Promotions, feuding with Ric Flair. He would have a big moment at Starcade 85 when he defeated Terry Taylor for the NWA National Heavyweight Championship. Let's see now. Did you know Landell was an active reserve police officer for 17 years at the time of his death? He left behind his wife and three children. Wow. Yeah, I did not know that. And today would have been the 58th birthday of John Anthony Tenta J. Uh, Jr., a.k.a. I'm Not a Shark, the Canadian Earthquake. June 23rd. 37 years ago in San Antonio, Texas, Gino Hernandez defeated Ric Flair in the finals of a one-night tournament to win the vacated WCCW Texas Heavyweight Championship. One of the wrestlers in that tournament was Jose Lothario. And is that a picture of him there, or is that the other guy? That's Gino. That's Gino, right? 
that Gino Hernandez there then? That is Gino Hernandez. Okay, okay. I was going to say, Jose was short. <laughs> 29 years ago in Philly, the Super Destroyers defeated Glenn Osborne and Max Thrasher to become the first Eastern Championship Wrestling Tag Team Champions. 25, uh, 27 years ago, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 27. Lord Steven Regal defeated Larry Zbysko to win the WCW World Television Championship. And Ric Flair defeated Sting to unify the WCW International and World Heavyweight Championships. 25 years ago, WWF presented King of the Ring from the Mecca Arena in Milwaukee. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Mark Merrow. Jake the Snake Roberts defeated Vader in the King of the Ring final. It saw Stone Cold Steve Austin defeat Jake the Snake Roberts to win the King of the Ring tournament. He would go on to give uh, the 316 speech that would cement his place in history. Uh, we saw Ahmed Johnson defeat Goldust to win the WWF IC Championship, and Shawn Michaels defeated the British Bulldog to retain the WWF Championship. Of course, I didn't say everything that was going on at the time. If uh, Shawn, you'd like to add a little bit about his upper lip problem that night? Yeah, I was going to uh, mention about that because uh, Grill and JR actually just did the 25th anniversary <laughs> look back at this event, and apparently Mark Merrow and Steve Austin uh, or at least Steve Austin didn't like to wrestle Mark Merrow. Probably uh, some stuff from back in the uh, day with uh, WCW when it was Stunning Steve and Johnny B. Bad, potentially. But, uh, yeah, they uh, didn't really like each other. They didn't gel well. Um, and then, unfortunately, Steve got his uh, lip kicked in uh, when Johnny B. Bad, or sorry, Mark Merrow went for a uh, uh, sort of a reverse Hurricanrana-ish uh, move. And they had to get him to the hospital, stitched up, and get back. And thankfully, it was just across the street. But in that time, um, Jake did his match. And JR didn't understand why Jake won by disqualification because it really didn't send Austin into a match against somebody who was red hot uh, to go after. But when he did return, uh, Doc Hendricks or Michael Hayes had uh, just given Steve the uh, words uh, on the line that, you know, uh, Jake had cut a religious type promo uh, before the match. And Steve was not uh, scripted or anything. And when he uh, ended up winning, which this was actually supposed to be the uh, year that Triple H won, but the curtain call ended that. And so they instantly pivoted to Steve. And so Steve won, got up to uh, the uh, platform, and Doc Hendricks said, called him the fourth prestigious King of the Ring, uh, Steve Austin, with an incredible victory. Steve just uh, went off and said, the first thing I want uh, to be done is get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't uh, just get him out of that ring. Get him out of the WWF because I've uh, proven, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible. You say your uh, prayers. You didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says, I just whooped your ass. And Hendricks was just like, whoa, come on. That's not necessary. And Austin uh, replied by saying, all he's got to do is buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig uh, back to that courage he had in his prime. 
as the king of the ring. I'm serving notice on everyone of the WWE superstars. I don't give a damn where uh, what they are, where they are on the list, uh, and that's Stone Cold's list. I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship uh, match uh, is considered, which was coming up afterwards, uh, he didn't care who won, whether it was David Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come, and when I, he gets that shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion, and that's bottom line because Stone Cold said so. And so that started the Austin 316 t-shirt uh, uh, posters the next night on Raw started appearing. So then they started quickly putting out the Austin 316 shirts. But he also coined the, because uh, Stone Cold said so, all in one speech because uh, Michael Hayes said Jake Roberts ended up uh, cutting a religious promo. That is the magic of wrestling when it's not heavily scripted like it is today, unfortunately. But then you look on the other side, AEW, it's not scripted, but you got a whole bunch of greenhorns who are playing wrestler instead of being a wrestler. So you got to find the balance somewhere, but uh, I miss those days when people actually cut a promo just off the top of their head. You're muted. You're muted. I'm sorry. I didn't even okay. know that. We didn't okay. hear anything after the uh, King of the Ring. Awesome. 19 years ago, WWE presented King of the Ring 2002. King of the Ring semifinals, Rob Van Dam defeated Chris Jericho. Brock Lesnar defeated Test. King of the Ring final was Brock Lesnar defeating Rob Van Dam to win the King of the Ring tournament and a WWE championship match at SummerSlam. Jamie Noble defeated the Hurricane to win the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Molly Holly defeated Trish Stratus to win the WWE Women's Championship. Kurt Angle made Hulk Hogan tap out, a believed first for Hogan in the WWE. And The Undertaker defeated Triple H to retain the undisputed WWE Championship. 18 years ago on Raw from New York City, Triple H defeated Kane in a title versus, uh, a title, uh, versus mask match to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. As a result of the loss, Kane was forced to unmask and no dentist chant, which was actually surprising to me. Um, they just did it well. They waited long enough, and there you go. Well, as well, it didn't help that his head was partly shaved. and It was just a really weird uh, thing that they did there. And He didn't last long with his head shaved like that because he still mm. had to go public with his wife and... Now, you might be able to pull it off when you're a uh, road warrior, but, you know, this half-shaved head as opposed to a mohawk. But, yeah, it just didn't really work for Glenn. And who would have figured that this guy who, with emotional scars, not physical scars from the burning, would become the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee? Yeah, I'd be proud to have him as my mayor. 
Seven years ago on Raw from Washington, D.C., Stephanie McMahon defeated, get that ugly mug off the, there we go. Uh, on Raw from Washington, D.C., Stephanie McMahon defeated Vicky Guerrero in a mud wrestling match. Oh, my apologies. I got the wrong uh, thing up here. We oh, go. that's okay. The right one. As a result of the loss, Vicky was fired. Well, she retired. Well, not for long. Of course, she would come back at some point. She had the opportunity to throw Stephanie into the mud, just like we're seeing right now. Yeah. One, two, three, go. And splat. Splat. All right. So six years ago, uh, we got WWE debuts the sixth season of Tough Enough. Uh, uh, Joshua uh, Burdell and Sarah Lee went on to win the competition in the end, seven of the 13 contestants were signed to WWE deals, including Amanda Skoskomanano, sure, uh, a.k.a. Rose. Mandy Rose, there you go, Patrick Clark, a.k.a. Velveteen Dream, and Daria Briento, uh, Brinato, a.k.a. Sonia Deville. See, uh, they well, gave them Velveteen names that they could pronounce. Velveteen Dream is no longer... Uh thing the dream is over yeah the dream is over but hey you never know he might be back six years ago matt hardy became a daddy as son maxwell was born weighing eight pounds nine ounces four years later they'd welcome max's tag partner Wolfgang gang alexander or xander probably just xander in the early part of june oh that's a, just a great hilarious picture uh, and one year ago, actually, this is probably five years ago, so I'm just going to change that right now. Boink. Five years ago, WWE presented the first round of the Cruiserweight Classic from Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. Yeah, and the last... Who are still uh, actually working with WWE, including, like, Tazawa. Uh, you have... Uh, well, Tyson Dukes was briefly there, but then uh, got stopped from uh, being able to work in the States. Uh, Drew Gulak is still around. Both uh, Lucha House Party members are there. You got Rich Swan had been a part of it. He's over in Impact. Johnny Gargano is still there. So is Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, yeah, there's so many guys that are still uh, around. The uh, Bollywood Boys, uh, even though they are listed on this map from being from India, they're actually from Vancouver. Uh, Davari is there. Yeah, uh, there's a handful of the guys that were still able to be there. Uh, Alexander's uh, there still. So, yeah. And yeah. it did spawn off into 205 Live. Cool. June 24th, 35 years ago at a WWF Championship Wrestling taping, Betrayal in New York. Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff defeated the Big John Stud and King Kong Bundy. In celebrations, there were, uh-oh, no, there wasn't. Orndorff raised Hogan's hand, then blindsided him with a clothesline, and then pile-drived him to the ground. Orndorff would betray Hogan and join the Heenan family. It was a shock. Yeah, um, it, it quite the moment, and unfortunately, uh, if you go to our Facebook page, it was... Uh, Posted on uh, Monday, uh, Gary Wilkins ended up uh, posting on our uh, page. He shared um, a video that uh, Orndorff's son had made on YouTube. 
And Paul is not in the greatest shape. I'm betting there's like obviously some Alzheimer's or dementia going on. He does not look physically well. Um, the son is trying to ask if he remembers things. And Paul starts handing over packets of salt and pepper and then ends up tearing open the uh, pepper and eating the pepper. Like, it's very sad where Paul is now uh, physically. And yeah, do, just... do you find that? I find that a little disgusting that his son would post that. Exactly. Like, I felt bad that this was on there like that. Like I'm sorry, some should punch him in the face. Like, yeah, I I didn't mind it up until maybe the point where he started eating the pepper. I was just like, yeah, maybe we should be stopping this. Thankfully, it ended, but I was just like, I was ready to honestly uh, stop watching because you know it's one thing to show mm -hmm. how he's doing at that point, but to go to that extent, I didn't like it. Moving on. Yes, moving on. 26 years ago in Philly, the second WWE Hall of Fame class is inducted. The 1995 class inducted the fabulous Moolah, the Grand Wizard, Ernie Ladd, Pedro Morales, Ivan Putsky, Antonio Roca, and George the Animal Steel. Pedro Morales is one of the uh, only living persons to miss a WWE Hall of Famer introduction. Pedro was working for WCW at the time as a Spanish announcer. I think that's probably why Savio Vega is there with the uh, plaque. Oh, okay. That would explain, yeah. 25 years ago at a Monday Night Raw taping, the Ultimate Warrior defeated Owen Hart by DQ. This would be the last match for the Warrior in WWF as he was fired shortly after. Some say it was because he skipped some house shows to grieve for the father he wasn't so happy with or over merchandise rights. Warrior would be replaced by Psycho Sid at In Your House 9. Yeah, 96 was just a really bad time for Warrior to be there. He wanted so many things, unfortunately, with his outside licensing and trying to get more money. And uh, I remember, what is it? It's either JR or... Uh, Cornette, who uh, talked about the fact that when they uh, met up with Warrior at the time, he was swearing like he just came off a sailboat and right in front of Linda McMahon. And they were not too pleased with that because it's like, you know, Linda's here. Why do you have to act like that? Even though he was a favorite of the McMahon family uh, and treated uh, above uh, in certain uh, ways above some of the talent and had the special relationships with them. But I don't know, kind of, I agree, a little bit classless to be just swearing up a storm with Linda there. You know, if she's doing it fine, maybe, but, you know, it just didn't seem right. And I can see where, uh, if it was Cornette or Ross or both of them, not happy with that the whole thing. And then he was just holding them up for money. And yeah, just a really wonky situation because he did use his dad as an excuse, but he hadn't had any contact with his dad in years and considered Vince more of a father figure than his own dad. But when it came to holding people up for money, uh, everything was fair game, I guess. Yep. As he is correct. No, he's not. 25 years ago on Nitro, Harlem Heat, Booker T and Stevie Ray defeated Lex Luger and Sting and the Steiner Brothers in a three- 
uh, team match to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. 20 years ago, WWF presented King of the Ring 2001. Oh, oh, this is going to hurt. Oy, oh, no, that one didn't work. King of the Ring semifinals. Kurt Angle defeated Christian. Edge defeated Rhino. And in the King of the Ring final, Edge defeated Kurt Angle to win the King of the Ring tournament. Yeah, uh, just, uh, sorry, just to interrupt. It was kind sure. of weird that uh, Angle ended up wrestling three times uh, that night. Once against Edge and Christian in the tournament. And then also this one that we're seeing with uh, Shane. And he was actually knocked loopy uh, from Christian uh, earlier in the evening. And they were still doing this. Uh, then they couldn't get through the, the glass mm -hmm. the first time. Couldn't get, uh, were able to do it the second time. And then they were on the other side and trying to do it. And he had to get through uh, Shane through there. They still went and did the, uh, coast to coast with the garbage can. A uh, angle slam off the top of the uh, ladder and like a table scaffold type uh, setup. It was just kind of crazy. And at one point, um, I believe Bruce Pritchard was talking about the fact that they were going to uh, try and stop uh, this match because of everything was going on. Vince was uh, almost about to interfere and uh, stop it. And also uh, uh, Bruce was going to uh, get involved too, but they ended up finishing it. Miraculously enough, yeah, that's a that's a, an amazing match to watch. Uh, Kurt Angle, of course, defeated Shane McMahon in one hell of a street fight, as you've seen some of it there. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit in a triple threat match to retain the WWF Championship. And after the match, Booker T would make his WWF debut by uh, attacking Stone Cold and putting him through the Spanish announce table. This would aggravate an already neck and back issues for Stone Cold. Sucker. <coughs> Sucker. 19 years ago, Bret Hart suffers a stroke and fell off his bicycle. Hart would lose feeling in, all, in his left side, uh, would have to relearn how to walk and talk. He would make a full recovery and even got back into the ring in limited capacity in 2010. Yeah, that whole thing with Brett uh, is kind of just really weird. Uh, everything involving from the screw job and all that, because you know you get the screw job and he totally hates on Vince. Owen dies and they're talking. Vince and him talk uh, privately. Then after uh, the uh, uh, kick to the head and eventual uh, bicycle accident, they got gave him a stroke. Vince and him were talking again, yet he has all this hate for Vince because of the screw job. And yeah, it's kind of just fishy on that one. Uh, it's good, though, that at least Vince and uh, Brett were able to move forward, uh, whether you believe uh, the screw job being a work or uh, legit, but they're at least in a good place as of 2021. It's, it, you know what? I, I think that uh, that happens in work. You know, uh, he got screwed, but uh, I, I can, he has a reason to still hold the grudge, but you got to move on. And you got to understand that the time, you know, things were different. And poof, there's Daniel Bryan. 
20 years ago in Philly, American Dragon by Brian Danielson defeated Austin Aries, Colt Cabana, Homicide, and Mark Briscoe, and Samoa Joe in a six-man elimination match to win the ROH Survival of the Fittest Tournament. 14 years ago, WWE presented Vengeance Night of Champions. Only two champions changed, sorry, two championships changed hands as Johnny Nitro defeated CM Punk for the Bobby Lashley vacated ECW championship belt. And Candice Michelle defeated Melina to become the new WWE Women's Champion. Uh, Deuce and Domino defeated Sergeant Slaughter and Jimmy Snuka to retain the WWE Tag Team Championship. This show is remembered by the no-show of Chris Benoit, which would turn out to be a terrible day, as Benoit was discovered dead along with his wife and child in a suicide homicide. Yeah, very weird situation. Nine years ago, a ring, oh sorry, 13 years ago at a TNA Impact taping, Taylor Wilde defeated Awesome Kong to win the $25,000 and TNA Knockouts Championship. Yeah, Nine years own, ago, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, Canada's own uh, Taylor Wilde. Uh, she did leave uh, wrestling for a while and she was doing firefighting. And I think just recently uh, she has her own uh, podcast, shocking because everybody seems to have one, and uh, also returned to Impact Wrestling. Oh, wow. Got a nice necklace there. Nine years ago, Ring of Honor presented Best in the World 2012 Hostage Crisis. Uh, the All Night Express defeated Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team to win the ROH World Tag Team Championship. And Kevin Steen defeated David Richards in a no DQ match to retain the ROH World Championship. Six years ago, during a live impact, Jeff Jarrett returns to, to, to the promotion he founded, TNA Wrestling. Matt Morgan and Sean Hernandez would return, and Vader would make the first of three appearances in TNA, and Sean Hernandez also made his return on that show. It's a happy 43rd birthday today for Adam Pierce. Pierce is a retired wrestler who has worked for WWE for some time now as a producer and on-screen official. He was born in 1978, June, in Lake Forest, Illinois. Pierce had a very successful career both on the indie scene and the big times. He, was, uh, he has held British Commonwealth Heavyweight Championship, the Pro Wrestling Guerrilla World Championship, and the NWA World Heavyweight Championship five times, which is only uh, behind Jeff Jarrett, Harley Race, and Ric Flair. Uh, Pierce is also in the NWA Hall of Fame class of 2015. There we go. Yep. And to end it all off, it would have been a uh, happy 63rd birthday of one of Hulk Hogan's greatest villains on and off the screen, Zeus, a.k.a. Thompson Tiny Lister. And, of course, Cool Bet is our uh, sponsor, and uh, we thank them so very much. And, as always, this week in wrestling history is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, cage-side seats, and, most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front-row seats to history. And, of course, as always, the big thanks to Cool Bet. Um, stay cool and bet responsibly. Yep, we want to thank them for being a part of all our shows 
and uh, of course the sponsoring of our scumbags prediction league where you can win the championship belt uh, by just earning points by picking your winners and losers at different pay-per-views involving WD, East, uh, NXT, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. Next month, we have a back-to-back -back show on uh, the 16th and no, 17th and 18th of July with Anniversary and Money in the Bank, plus whatever else comes up in the month of July. But uh, more details when you check out the Scumbags Prediction League. I uh, want to thank you, uh, Chris, for putting this all together and, and filling our Give you the Larry Zabisco. Wait a minute. Now you can see it, kind of. Yeah, so thank you very much, and we will see you next time for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, and uh, we'll be returning uh, very shortly with more Fantasy Warfare tournaments once schedules get cleared up. So thank you, and have a good one. If you want a variety of wrestling news and history, look no further than the Scumbags Wrestling family of shows. On Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., join Sean, Stephen, and Jonesy as we look for the best of the best and break it all down in a unique tournament format on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Then, Thursdays at noon, take a look back at the rich history of our great sport with This Week in History. Relive title changes, births, deaths, and some of the best events of all time. Finally, join us for the latest in wrestling news, show results, and predictions Thursday nights at 8 p.m. for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. The Scumbags Wrestling can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram, along with our audio versions on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We're a proud part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network and the Johnners Podcast Network.